Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group. Our guests today are Preston Flynn of Flynn Construction and Michael Linehan of Land Strategies, Inc. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Our theme today is about generational leadership, and particularly with y'all's two companies, both in both your cases, and you're both Austin natives and uh, the sons of the founders of your companies, and you're both moved recently in the last few mo- six months or so, right, into leadership positions with those companies. Um, Flint Construction, again, Land Strategies, Inc. Uh, one of the, and knowing both of you and kind of the, what spurred me wanting to talk about you in the show is just the challenges in our respective conversations we've had about just coming into a company and some of the misconceptions people have of it and also the opportunities you've seen you see um, you know coming into coming in these roles as new leaders and I want to get also talk about your development things you brought into those roles and how you prepared for it and things you probably are learning daily along the way uh, so oh, yeah. before we get to that I want to start with Preston and just introduce yourself and quick background on you and on Flynn construction yeah so I'm an Austin native uh, Grew up here, got an architectural engineering degree in Colorado, played bass in a funk band there. Mm-hmm. There's my fun fact for the day. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they'll be in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, I really just wanted to come back to Austin, missed Austin, Texas, and the people here. Uh, so I came back and, and, you know, worked with another general contractor for a little while and, and moved back over to Flint Construction uh, about three years ago. Gotcha. What areas is Flint Construction? I mean, construction, obviously, but what does that entail? Yeah, so we're a commercial general contractor, so focus a lot on uh, higher ed and office and uh, clean rooms and labs in the advanced technology sector. Okay. That's a big thing here. So we've got a lot of semiconductor technology that's been in Austin forever, and uh, that's a big market for it us. Is. It is. And Michael? Uh, yeah, Michael Linehan, uh, also a native Austinite. I um, Ended up, always wanted to do architecture, knew that I was always kind of building stuff or creating stuff around the house, so got into that at a pretty early age, and then went to the University of Tennessee to get my Bachelor's of Architecture, then came back home to Austin and got my Master's in Landscape Architecture at the University of Texas, uh, spent a year up in the mountains being a ski bum for a little bit before mm-hmm. getting back into the real world. Uh, but hair is a real longer thing too. I was like yeah, yeah. Facebook. I was yeah. like, who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had about 18 inches of hair at one point, used yeah. to be a lot cooler than I am now. but. Uh, now, so I, I came back, um, and while I was getting my master's degree, I was working at Dick Clark and Associates and stayed on with them for about three years, got my architectural license, uh, kind of realized the opportunity that there was at Land Strategies, which is traditionally a planning and landscape architecture firm, to go and tap into those resources and add on architecture to, the, to, to our services and get a little more uh, synergy there and um, be able to be a little more integrated practice. And uh, so went and joined my dad about a, a year ago now, mm-hmm. um, and we're starting to evolve the company. And uh, we work in all kinds of markets, anything from large-scale master plans to single-family residences on the architecture side. Uh, so pretty much we'll de- design anything under the sun other than probably a high-rise just because we don't have the capacity for it now. But no. uh, we'd love to be on, yeah. the, <laughs> we'd love to be on the, the design side of that and you know, partner up with the firm to come in and do the, the, contar- the contract documents. Got you. So, gentlemen, starting to move the discussion, what was that process like in assuming leadership of your respective companies? I mean, did you, was it just at the dinner table where your dad one day said, well, look, Preston, Michael, I'm out. 
Or how was that? You know. Yeah, so I was about six months old, and uh, <laughs> basically they put a hard hat on me and said, "You're gonna do this." Yeah. <laughs> no, we really do have some cool pictures from back in the day, uh, but it's one of those things that developed over time, and uh, you know, you really start seeing the opportunity, and then uh, knowing that we've got similar values and similar interests between me and my dad, and uh, you know, the, the engineering challenges are fun, and, and the day-to-day problem-solving construction is something that's awesome. And so now it's awesome to, to see the new leadership role and the, you know, see the entire picture in the business. Uh, and this is the best place in the world to be doing it. So. Mm-hmm. And you didn't start, but you, you, your, is your whole career been at Flint Construction? Or just what was that path like to I mean, just get just experience and just leadership and everything else? I mean, obviously, you, know, you grew up in your dad's roof, so <laughs> you got that firsthand experience. But where, what was your background there to get prepared for that role? Yeah, I guess I've always liked the entrepreneurial stuff. You know, I was joking around about playing bass in a funk band. We had a band that, you know, we traveled and played a lot of shows, and it was pretty cool building a brand like that. So when I came back to Austin, I actually uh, joined up with a guy, and we started a company. He was an old Flint employee, uh, but I was the first employee with him. And, uh, you know, so we were a general contracting company and also a masonry business. And, uh, you know, I really learned how to how to hustle, I, I guess, on that. And, you yeah. know, the 40-hour week turned into 80-hour weeks really fast, and you started cross-training, and, uh, you know, it started having fun. Right. Michael? Uh, yeah, so so my process was uh, a little bit different than Preston's in that. Um, I never was kind of told by my dad, like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to be a part of this company? And uh, I think it was important to him that we kind of find our own paths as, as children. And I think when my sisters were, were applying to colleges, kind of struggling to find out what they wanted their careers to be, at a young age, I was like, oh, well, what do I want to do? And, and really found architecture to, to be something I was passionate about. Uh, and so... It wasn't until I was well into my um, architectural education that I kind of realized what planning and landscape architecture was and how it integrated into my practice or my career goals. And so I went, uh, I was home for Christmas one year and I went up to my dad and I was like, hey, I think we have an opportunity here where, you know, we could make up a succession plan and and evolve the company to to produce something a little bit different. And, you know, he was ecstatic to find that out and he was like, well, great, I've got got an exit strategy, I got a way out. So. So that's it's kind of been in the works for you know five to ten years now, and, okay. and now it's finally coming to uh, fruition. Got you. So stepping in that seat, what are some of the challenges y'all faced? And we start with you, Michael, on that. So there's there's the the theory, right? Of okay, you're coming into this. We have this plan for it. But then mm-hmm. when plan, you know, it's like was it everyone's a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Not <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite yeah. the best analogy, but you come in that role and now. It's it's the practical. It's the, it's real. It's real. It's not just on paper, oh, I'm gonna move over here yeah. and here. And saying to someone who's just, you know, my company's two years old, I, you know, I don't even have any children, but imagine one day saying, all right, like little Alfred the third, like, <laughs> yeah. this is yours, my name's Alfred, this is yours <laughs> now, like, but, I, but it's my, this is my, this is my baby, right? Yeah. This is literally my firstborn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I have to give it up, like, to my kid, like, my kid, but this one, like, you know, I, this was, with, this kid was with me before with everything, and it was making me money. Yeah. yeah, you understand it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and it's, yeah, and, it, and that's kind of a, a mentality that you don't necessarily think of when you're you're starting a company versus taking over a company. Is that you come in fresh and you're kind of guns blazing and I want to go take over the world, make things change, and mm-hmm. um, and you forget that it's a very emotional process for the, the person who who founded that and made that baby, and it's they've got to let go of it and got to feel okay handing it off to to uh, someone that's going to take care of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the process. Uh, for me, the challenges coming in, I, I like to, to think of building a company with the metaphor of building a house. You know, you have a new build versus a remodel or a takeover. Um, 
and in, in both scenarios, you're probably going to spend more time and more money than you expected on the front end. But with a new build, you're uh, you're going in and, and you're kind of you begin with the end in mind of uh, this is what I want this house to look like, and so you set up that plan. Uh, and in a similar way, you you come in to a remodel uh, with this is what I want it to look like in the end. But now you're building a house with an existing house in the way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to go in really delicately and start to peel back the uh, the sheetrock and if you see what's behind that wall. But if you do it too quickly, that whole house is going to crumble because you just took out a structural beam. <laughs> yeah, and well, so, well said. So, yeah, <laughs> so, so you got to do it. Uh, you got to be delicate about it, but you've got to. You also have to begin with the end in mind, in that you are seeing what's going to be there, and. Uh, you know, sometimes you're going to have those days where you're turning really hard and you, you don't think you're making progress. But once you look back, you know, a year, five years uh, in the past, you, you see what progress has been made and it's more encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, every now and then you open up a wall and there's a, a hive of bees in there and you get stung a couple of times. Yeah. But, you know, you got to take a couple of days off and then refocus and go and keep making that progress. Gosh, I like it. Impressive. I, I think that's spot on. And, and, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the podcast, but one thing that's helped a lot is, uh, you know, mentors or peers uh, like you guys that, that you're able to bounce ideas off of and uh, kind of understand where you're going with it. So we were joking about, you know, almost an asbestos consultant's needed sometimes when you're doing <laughs> these remodels, these old companies, and, and it's awesome to be able to have people come in that, you know, have experience with building their own company or seeing a transition uh, in a different family business and uh, be able to bounce ideas off them and, and kind of help you get there. Because like Michael's saying, the the little things that you do right, you don't see them every day, mm-hmm. but, but it, it really starts building up, and it's awesome for, for you and uh, you know the, the owner who's of the baby to mm-hmm. start seeing those things happen. Yeah. So, Michael, sort of you, where are you looking, where you want to take the company, right? They, it's, you came in at a certain area, and mm-hmm. I've, you know, I, I've known, I know you, I've known your father for a few years now in the company, um, so it's established brand. Both your companies are established brands, right? But there's... In this city, the way it's growing, and we're all from here, it's so much more opportunity. Mm-hmm. So in that space, you know, especially in the land use space, where do you look? Where do you want to take land strategies? Yeah, so land strategies has been a land planning and landscape architecture firm for the past thirty-five years, and they've built a book of clients and a reputation that's been very successful. And so there's definitely uh, that piece of it that we want to maintain, continue to do what we do well. Uh, but we see a lot of opportunity for evolution of the company and expanding our services. Uh, that being architecture, we're building a whole new architecture uh, division onto the company, which is, uh, in my experience, it kind of seems like a building a firm within a firm, mm-hmm. but it's still trying to evolve the overall um, office process and culture uh, to fit that, that more kind of modern way of working um, and that vision for being a more design-focused and integrated collaborative firm. Um, you know, they're like... Uh, Preston was saying sometimes you find asbestos, you know, 30 years ago, asbestos was the best thing you could use for insulation. But <laughs> after 30 years, you know, there's a lot of uh, the changes and the and same with, um, you know, the current business environment you know, with the digital age and everything mm-hmm. and the way that people communicate and how companies uh, and employees work has, has become very different. And so it, it takes a, a fresh eye sometimes to kind of remove yourself from that day-to-day management and look at the overall goals and and ter- think in terms of leadership of the firm rather than management of individuals. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of where we are, but looking to take it to a more um, uh, comprehensive and holistic design firm uh, that, that really captures the opportunities and the efficiencies of having a, uh, 
a hand in a project from the very beginning all the way through a turnkey product and mm -hmm. kind of the efficiencies and collaboration that comes in with that. Got it. Preston. Uh, so we've got a, a great team right now and I feel like we really like what we do and, and we want to be great at it. And uh, so we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and, and build a following and uh, keep building bigger things. And we're, we're very interested in the corporate office market, uh, especially here in downtown. So it's funny coming. Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, so it'll, it'll be fun to see what happens. Gotcha. And then last question, Jen, just given apart from your business being here and both both uh, the things you all, the practices you all do are very much integral to building Austin. Uh, being from here and your families are here, and, Mike, and Michael, congratulations on the, the pending edition coming, the future, future <laughs> little, little in hand. Um, where, where do you see the, what do you think of the future of Austin, right? Like, let's look, you know, 20 years out or the time when, you know, it's 25 years out. Where do you think we're going, right, based on where we're at now? Boomtown 2040, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, I've climbed around, yeah. yeah. No, I saw that on the news the other day, and yeah. I thought it was a joke, but uh, they literally had on the newsstand and microphones and all that stuff. Um, and, and I really think that's where we're headed. And it, and it is interesting talking to you know, local guys that are now local, that are bankers from the East Coast or West Coast, or we're doing real estate in those areas, talking about the rents there and talking about how attractive this market is to the whole country and even the whole world for mm -hmm. businesses to come here. So uh, it'll be really exciting to see what happens. And I, I think we're all on the right track. Yeah. yeah. And I, th I think we'll look back at this point in 20 years and see it as a very pivotal pivotal point uh, of Austin where we, we face, all, face all of these challenges of you know, mobility and affordability and I think uh, I'm encouraged by the new council and the way that um, people around the city in Austin are, are speaking about development. I think moving uh, away from this idea of sprawl that it has been for the you know, past 50 years and more into urban infill and um, density in the right ways so I think we're going to have more responsible development. Um, and I think our city is going to benefit from that. And uh, transportation is definitely a huge piece of that. And I think mm -hmm. as, as we start to uh, look forward to the future, that's going to be a, a huge part of it, um, trying to step away from the, the single rider um, vehicles and getting more into a viable transportation system. Um, I think that's going to be you know, imperative to happen for to have a successful Boomtown 2040. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think we're heading in the right direction. I think Spencer Cronk is starting a good um, so our city manager. Leadership. Our city manager, yeah, city manager yeah. Spencer Cronk, and uh, and the council just seems more um, responsible, development friendly. Yeah, well, they definitely. I think at least with Code Next and their process restarted. You know, the city manager Cronk uh, put out a memo about a week ago, just articulating the staff team going forward and that kind of process and how the framework for it uh, to get that process going. I think council is looking for a first draft to come before them uh, in October of this year, 2019. So we'll see, I mean, for, for those who don't know, I think it's been talked about a lot before, but the previous iteration, and it won't be called Code Next, I think it was just keeping our mind, but this was an overhaul or a total vision of the whole um, Austin Land Use Code. And, um, you know, it, it had been the previous try at this had been about a seven year process, several million dollars spent, um, and it was uh, effectively killed by council um, last last August, just you know, there wasn't going to be enough support there in the community, otherwise the die is to do it. So uh, we all recognize, you know, I think the land use code hasn't been touched since since I was what, 1983. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's time for something to, to yeah. happen there. It's definitely an ambitious goal to get it done in a year's time because we we saw the yeah. process of what yeah. code next, and I think they're gonna draw a lot from the work that's already been done. Yeah, um, but. 
Well, starting with draft three is a jump off point, and yeah. so I think that hopefully will help. And I think just given to your point about the council makeup, it's there. I think there's more. We'll see. Ultimately, we'll see how more de- how development friendly they are. But I think there's overall a a, a, a acknowledgement of we need to to uh, to move forward on if we want to keep our city modern, we have more modern code for it, mm-hmm. and less per- hopefully we're not going with a less complicated code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think we've got a bunch of good people that have been here for a long time in Austin that are, you know, have a lot of hands in that, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to help us. Nothing against Houston, but uh, we've got a lot of examples of where things started and where we want to go next mm-hmm. and uh, we're almost lucky that we got a little bit more time there. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Uh, well, gentlemen, thanks for being on the show and I hope you have you on in the future. I appreciate you having us. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.